plug those headphones in. It's time for Ireland's only interactive podcast, the multi-award winning Opinions Matter with Adrian and Jeremy. And you're very welcome to this special Opinions Matter podcast with Adrian Kennedy recorded at our studio in the White Sands Hotel in Port Marnock in North County, Dublin. Now, before uh, we let you know what we want to talk about on this special edition of Opinions Matter, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our show sponsors. Firstly, Recruit.ie have recently launched their brand new app, making finding your dream job easier than ever. You can browse hundreds of jobs from Ireland's leading employers and apply in one tap. Also get access to amazing virtual recruitment fairs, free career advice and much more. So download the new recruit.ie app and find your new dream job today. And our thanks to uh, recruit.ie for being such loyal sponsors of the Opinions Matter podcast. And I also want to give uh, a shout out to our other show sponsors and this leads very uh, nicely into the conversation that we're about to have. Safe is a new book which tells the true story of Priscilla and Amy Granger's escape from domestic violence and their subsequent work to prevent others from suffering. Reviews from readers to date have uh, called it sensational, compelling and filled with heart. You can buy your copy of this important and inspirational book today at safe-thebook.ie. That's safe-thebook.ie. It's available in paperback and ebook formats for just $14.99. So safe-thebook.ie is uh, the website if you would like to get a copy of Safe the Book. And as I said, that leads us very nicely into the conversation that we're going to have on this special edition of Opinions Matter. A 24-year-old man called Jake Bowles from Rathbourne Avenue in Ashtown in Dublin 15 walked free from court last week after slamming Jodie Duggan's head against a wall, smothering her with a pillow, spitting in her face and throwing her down the stairs. Um, He was convicted of a series of brutal assaults and coercive control of his former partner, who said she will always be looking over her shoulder after he walked free from court this week. Jody has decided to speak publicly about what she went through and her disappointment with the sentence that was handed down last week. And Jody joins me on the line. Jody, you're very welcome to the Opinions Matter podcast. Thank you. Take me to the start of uh, your story with uh, Jake Bowles. Tell me yeah. where you met him. Yeah, so I met Jake when I was 17. Um he had moved down to Ritout where I lived at the time and like that we had mutual friends I'd shown an interest in him and he'd shown an interest in me and that's how we met Uh, the first time meeting in person he had asked me to be his girlfriend um, straight away and I was so young I just thought oh yeah like I fancy him he fancies me why not give it a go and the first few months were okay and he was he was good to me like he wasn't bad he didn't, it didn't start off controlling um, and then a few months in it was little things like you can't be friends with him anything to do with boys or lads like you can't talk to him you can't be friends with him block him and I lost a lot I lost a lot of friends because of that 
And then little by little, it would be, you're not allowed to wear that. You're not allowed to go there. And slowly it started with shoving, pushing onto the bed and little things. It was nothing to the severity as it got to near the end. Okay, so um, at the start, as you said yourself, you were young, uh, yeah, a little bit naive. I was young and secure, and, and I, I didn't really, I hadn't really found myself, hmm. you know, that kind and of And so did you see this behaviour, this kind of early controlling behaviour as being odd, or did you think, oh, maybe this is normal? I thought maybe it was normal. I didn't really think much of it at the time. Do you know, I like, it wasn't like I said, to the severity as it got to. So I just thought maybe, oh, he is a little bit controlling, but maybe if I say it to him, he'll stop or he'll calm down a little bit. But I never thought it would get to the way it was. Okay, so tell me how it got to the way it was, as you described. Uh, How bad did his uh, controlling and physical attacks, how did they get worse? Describe that whole process to me. Yeah, so little by little, it'd be like after a night out, he might have one or two drinks on him or whatever else. And I might want to go to bed and he won't. And it would be, he'd pull me out of the bed. He'd pin me against the wardrobe. He'd pull me up against the wardrobe, slam my head against walls. Um, it got to the point where he literally would pull up my dress and tell me, you're not allowed to wear that underwear, that kind of underwear out. Um, we'd be on nights out. And if a boy even looked at me, it'd be my fault. And he'd have me against the wall and start punching the wall beside my head. Um, he'd spit in my face. And he controlled every aspect of my life, literally down to how much I had in my bank account. If I had even two euro more than him, it would be a big ordeal. It'd be you have more money than me. You shouldn't have more money than me. You need to get me this. You need to get me that. I need money. Um, like I had to borrow a lot of money off my parents then because I thought I was giving him money and they were wondering what's going on here she's being so weird she's being so odd she's being really distant Um, I hid a lot of like the cuts and bruises I hid because I'm a makeup artist I could hide them I kind of knew how to hide them Um, and I wasn't at home a lot he wasn't allowed in my house because the minute he came in straight away my mum and dad didn't like him Um. They thought he was far too advanced for me. And he because he cheated on me quite a lot, they didn't like him over that either. And they told me, look, he's not allowed in the house. Um, we don't want him around. And um, whenever they were away, I'd kind of bring him over. And he'd be violent to me in my house as well. He and completely- you just described a moment ago how... Uh, the violence against you, uh, you hid yeah. from from everybody. And because, as you everybody. said, you're, you're a makeup artist, you were able to cover up yeah. bruises and stuff with makeup yeah. without anybody ever noticing. That's it. That, and I was just so embarrassed. Like, I'd, be, I'd have black eyes. I'd have, like, teeth marks in the back of my arm from him biting me so hard. Um, I was just absolutely mortified and I felt completely trapped. If I even tried to break up with him, he would literally pin me down and hold a knife um, to his neck and say that he was going to kill himself and that I'd have to sit there and watch and that the blood, the blood would be on my hands and that it was my fault that he killed himself. Um, another incident was he bought me a trip to Amsterdam um, for my birthday and I didn't want to go. I was too scared to go. And I told him kind of like the week or two prior, I said, look, I'm just, I really don't want to go. Um, I'm really nervous going over there with you and he completely just lost it with me uh, again slamming my head pinning me down um, 
absolutely completely took advantage of me sat there with a knife again a pen knife held to his neck saying that he was going to kill himself and if he didn't do it now that he was going to go to Amsterdam kill himself over there and leave a letter to say that it was my fault and that I made him do that and I made him feel that way my god Um, yeah it was awful like I was so young um sorry I didn't really understand what was going on and I wasn't really looking after myself. I was trying to look after him and make sure that he didn't kill himself. And I felt as though it was it was a massive weight on my shoulders if he did that people would believe it and say that it was my fault. And like at such a young age, that's a lot to handle. Um and it was so difficult hiding it from my parents and my friends and everybody else. And I'm I'm listening to you uh, right now, Jody. I can hear the pain in your voice, the effect yes. that this whole thing. And we're going to talk in a couple of minutes about about the court case and how difficult that was for yeah. you. But uh, but the effect of what he did to you, the control yeah. that he tried to uh, have over you, the physical yeah. abuse that you uh, suffered. Uh, you now suffer from. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I never thought that I would or I did until, like, that I started going to counselling and telling them how, like, when I get into my car, the first thing I do is lock the door. Like, I'm so worried that I'll bump into maybe a friend of his or a parent, and I go to these places. I might walk into maybe a bar and think, oh, what if he's here? What if he's here? What if something happens? And I'll just leave. And I, I, I can't, I can't put myself through even bumping into him. Now, sorry. No, no, I, I, I completely feel your pain because yeah. even t- talking hard, about it, it and I'm fun. sure and as I said we'll, we'll talk about the court case and how difficult that was and that whole legal yeah. process and I know that's one of the things that uh, you wanted to talk to us about but again yeah, as I said Jody, I, I can hear the uh, the pain that by the sounds of it, it will never leave you will always be with no, you never it will never leave me and I it will affect me in future relationships and I do find it difficult to talk about, but I think there's probably so many women out there who a man is doing the same to, and they should know their worth, and they should know that nobody should ever put you through that. And for someone to do that to you is just disgusting, and it just shows what type of person they are. And I think people needed to know what kind of person he was, and it was to prove to the people who did call me a liar and stay with me, I'm not a liar and what he put me through will stay with me forever I'm going to take a a, a very uh, quick break uh, Jody, to let you catch your breath because uh, in just a moment I want to find out about the the court case the whole legal process and and your utter disappointment with the sentence that was handed down uh, the other day so stay with me for one second if you can please Ireland's most talked about podcast the only podcast with live callers and live debates. It's Opinions Matter with Adrian and Jeremy.
On this special edition of Opinions Matter, I'm in the middle of a conversation with a young lady called Jodie Duggan. Jodie, for a number of years, suffered horrific abuse at the hands of a now ex-boyfriend called Jake Bowles. He subjected her to a very severe coercive control and physical abuse for a long period of time. Now, because of her bravery... Jody decided to take legal action. And Jody, I want to talk through that whole experience for you yeah. because it was very, very difficult. And the ending last week was just a slap in the face for you. It was, no, definitely. It was a massive kick in the teeth. Um, so take me to the start of, of at what point you decided enough is enough. This guy has yeah. got to pay for what he did to me. No problem. Um, it was kind of after the last incident that happened, which was one of the worst. It was when he kicked a mirror in my room and it fell nearly on top of me and the glass got into my hands, my arms. And there was people downstairs because it was after um, we had been on a night out. That night he left, said he was going to kill himself and took a pa- my passport and a set of keys for the house with him. Um. It was a really horrible night. He came back a couple of, say, 20 minutes, half an hour later after people chased him and asked him to come back because they thought he was going to hurt himself. He came back and I sat him down and I told him he needed to calm down and that he could stay because, like that, I was so scared that he was going to do something to hurt himself. And the next morning, I woke him up early because my parents were away and they were going to come back and I asked him to leave and told him, like, I I can't go through this anymore. I just think we should go our separate ways again. And he absolutely uplifted my room, kicked holes in the wall, um, turned my bed upside down, slammed my head against the headboard, pulled drawers out of the wardrobe, poured all my clothes out onto the ground, was pu- pushing me around. Um, he went into the bathroom, started destroying things in there. And eventually, when he left, he left with the keys and the passport. Um, it was... That evening, I didn't have enough time to clean the house before my parents came back. And like that, there was some blood on the walls from me, like, touching off them by accident and that. And my mum came in and seen it kind of in the hallway. And she said to my dad, oh, God, what, what is that? And when she came upstairs, I was still trying to clean my room. And she said, Jodie, like, what, what has happened? What is going on here? And I was trying my best to clean my room. And straight away, she said, did Jake do this? And I just broke down and I was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I had him over. And she just was like, you can't see him again. You can't be with him anymore. And um, this isn't right. Um, it was the next day in the car on the way to work that I just broke down. I told her he hasn't only done it to my room. He's actually hurt me as well. Um, I had had photos, but I was hiding it from, from him. So I had made a second Facebook and Instagram account and I was sending them to myself so I'd have them if he ever did find them and try to get rid of them um, I showed her them and straight away she said we had to call the guards um, we went to my nanny's house waiting for the guards to come and three guards came two men and one band guard um, because I still had had bruises and cuts down the side of my leg from being pushed down the stairs I knew she wanted to see them and I asked the two other guards leave and I felt more comfortable speaking to the vanguard. Um, she said she'd take a note of everything and that she was going to send it to the DPP and that it'll be dealt with and for me not to worry and that if he ever contacted me 
just to let her know a different guard then took it on and he did do a very good job he sent it to the DPP he got it dealt with as fast as he could alongside the sergeant um, and then in total four years later it was only then um, when I got the opportunity to bring it to court now um, you did get a uh, protection order uh, against him but yeah. uh, during that whole time he continued to threaten you by contacting your friends and your new boyfriend yeah, he contacted my new boyfriend and my friends. We were on a night out and he was calling my boyfriend off an unknown number um, and screaming down the phone saying that he was going to basically kick our heads in, that he knew exactly where we were, that he was watching us. But he was very smart in the way he did it. He knew not to contact me directly because if he contacted me directly, then it would, he probably would have gone to prison. He probably would have been dealt with it, but because... He contacted my boyfriend and my friends. The guards told me it wasn't it wasn't a breach of my protection order. Um, he then started like that to text my best friend and my boyfriend saying that he was watching us. Um, when I took the phone off my boyfriend when he was on the phone, uh, I spoke and I said, "Jake, you need to leave us alone. Please leave us alone and stop contacting the people I'm around and threatening them." He would not speak back. He just hung up. It's like he knew not to speak back whenever I was on the phone, not to. I recorded all of this. He called my boyfriend four or five times and I recorded the whole lot. And then they told me, no, he hasn't broken a protection order technically because he didn't directly contact you. I just don't think it's good enough. Your case finally got to court after um, a long period of time and uh, over COVID and your disappointment with the way in which the Gardaí uh, handled it, it eventually uh, got to court. Tell me uh, about that whole process. Yeah, no, it was extremely tough. Like, I always thought because he had pleaded guilty, I'd be in and out maybe in one sitting and they decide, max maybe two. And... We went in and I just felt as though everything was about him. It was him, him, him. God love, God love Jake. He had a tough life. He's fixed himself. And they did, they did warn me when you go in, it might be a bit upsetting and it might feel as though it's all about him and how he's such a good fella now and how he's fixed himself and is on the right line. But it was just tough because it felt as though she was only listening to his side she, be, she being the judge. It. Yeah. This is judge, judge or the crow. It was. And don't get me wrong, like, she, she was nice to me. She was lovely. Like, but I just felt as though it wasn't listened to. It's well and good calling me brave, but then giving him a four-year suspended sentence. It's just a massive kick in the teeth. And when I went back to give my victim impact statement, I insisted on doing it myself. They did say, look, someone else can read it for you. You might get up there and get very upset. And I thought, no, she needs to see me upset. She needs to see the effect it's had on me and she needs to hear it from my voice and nobody else's. But getting up there and speaking, do you think they even move him? No, he's literally sat straight across from me, staring at me. And I could barely even get my words out. You're sitting there and you feel as though your voice is so loud and... All I can feel is his eyes staring at me and I, I could barely get my words out. But once I did, I was so proud of myself for getting up there and speaking because it was the one thing I needed to do for that bit of closure. And I thought maybe she did hear me, maybe she did understand, but obviously not because 
look at the outcome. Mm, okay, so just to uh, for our listeners to understand, uh, Judge Orla Crow sentenced him to two years for the assaults on you and two years yeah. for the co- coercive control offences. Uh, criminal damage offences were taken into consideration, but the sentences were suspended in full on a number of conditions, including that he does not contact you uh, again, that he's a yeah. new father, has steady employment. So basically, <laughs> he walked out of court uh, last week. Um, I want to find out in, in just a moment, Jody. if you bear with me for a second, I want to find out yeah. your reaction to the fact that he actually apologised for his actions uh, in court and how you feel about that apology. So stay with me for one second. Voted Irish Current Affairs Podcast of the Year. It's Opinions Matter with Adrian and Jeremy. You're listening to the Opinions Matter podcast with Adrian Kennedy. I'm in the middle of a conversation with Jody Duggan, who has been explaining to us the horrible abuse that she suffered at the hands of her then boyfriend, Jake Bowles. Jake Bowles walked out of court last week with a suspended sentence. He uh, was sentenced to two years for assault, uh, two years for coercive control offences, criminal damage as well, but all the sentences were suspended. In other words, he walked free from court on uh, Friday on the basis that he has uh, steady employment, is not taking drugs, is engaging in counselling. They were all taken uh, into account in mitigation. Now, Jody, in uh, court, he uh, apologised for his actions when he handed in a written apology to the court on, on Friday. Tell me what he said and how you feel about what he said. Yeah, it was given in, um, I think, in October. Um, After the second time we went in, the judge did say to his barrister, look, his barrister got up and spoke on his behalf, but did not once apologise. She was absolutely disgusted with that and she did call him up on that. And it was when the next time we went in, before we had gone into court, his solicitor had handed my solicitor an apology letter and gave it to me. Um, I was absolutely disgusted with it. For someone to give an apology after being told, it doesn't mean anything. Do you know, it's not going to fix anything. It's not going to solve anything. It's useless to me. And it, it upset me, you know, just out of pure anger that he had, like, I don't even think he wrote that, but to have the cheek to even hand it in after that. Okay, I so you believe that the apology was just because he had to, basically? Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So after all of you uh, that you've been through, after taking it to uh, the stage of of taking it to court, uh, which, uh, as you will know, an awful lot of victims like yourself never go that far. You did. You went to court. You gave your victim impact statement. And then the judge hands uh, a sentence that saw him walk free from court uh, last week. How did you feel yeah. about that? Um, like, on one hand, it's a weight lifted off my shoulder. I thought straight away, I don't have to come back here. But then when I actually sat down and thought about it, I thought, no, this isn't right. Like, people go to prison for a lot less. And for him to walk out here, like, scot-free, not scot-free, but for him no, to walk No, because he, does still, he does still have a conviction, and it's important yeah, to, does, to note that, yeah. Have, he does have a conviction, but just a four-year suspended sentence just feels like a slap on the wrist and is told not to do it again. Like, he was rated moderate to re-offend 
and do this again. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. So after everything that you've been through, after yeah. uh, taking this right to the courts of Ireland, do you feel yes. let down by the system? Are you nearly sorry that you did what you did? Am I sorry that I brought it forward? Mm. No, I'm not sorry. I think at the end of the day, he has a conviction, but am I disappointed with what he's been charged with? Yes, but no. Uh, like, I brought this forward. I hope that other women bring it forward. I'm not disappointed. I hope that, like I said, it does help other women. Um, I'm proud of myself for coming forward and doing this. If it wasn't for my parents and my best friend and the people I have around me, sorry, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um. I'm just really disappointed with the outcome. Are you still scared? The fact that he is not in prison and won't do any time in prison as long as he behaves himself, are you now scared that you could meet him again? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, yes. Like, it's a small world. It, It can easily happen. You can easily bump into someone, you know, I go places and I'm constantly looking over my shoulder and constantly asking people to check he's not here. We'll go maybe to the pub and I'll say to my best friend, just make sure he's not here. Just make sure, like even seeing someone that's friends with him, I don't want to be there. It just reminds me of it. It just upsets me. But yeah, no, I am scared. Um, you you decided. I don't to, know what he could do. Okay, you decided to speak publicly. Uh, your story was covered on the front page of the Sunday World at the weekend. You're talking to me yeah. on uh, this podcast, which will be very widely listened to. Yeah. Does that does that give you a sense of of control that you are, are controlling the narrative now in terms of doing interviews and so on? Definitely, no, without a doubt. Like, I am nervous speaking out because sometimes I'm not good with my words and when I get upset, sometimes I don't have the right words to say how it made me feel, but I definitely feel like it's in my hands now. I have control that it, the truth the truth is out and people can really see what he is like and what he what he done to me and how disgusting it is. Well, I have to say you have my utmost admiration, Jody, for Thank being you. so brave to, as we said take the case to court in the first place, uh, face that disappointment, but you now control the narrative. You are the one speaking. You are the one uh, who is telling your story. And for that, you should be very, very proud. Let me find out about you you now. So uh, that's behind you. Um, uh, Unfortunately, the sentence is what it is. What about you now and your life going forward? Oh, like it's tough. It is tough. Um, I do worry about what people are going to say or how people are going to look at me or treat me now after it all. But like, I just feel a massive weight lifted off my shoulders. This was four years waiting for an answer and waiting for something to be done. And I just want to move on. People are listening to me and hear what kind of person he is. And now I'm just ready to live my life and just try to be as happy as I can be. Well, Jody, I wish you nothing but health and happiness. Uh, As I said, you have my utmost admiration for uh, speaking so publicly. And, uh, you know, the world now knows what this guy did to you. Uh, Despite the sentence that was handed down, uh, he did plead guilty to all of those offences. So he did do what uh, you claimed he did. And the world needs to to know that as he walks free uh, around our society. Jody uh, Duggan, thank you very much indeed and I wish you well thanks for talking to us on the Opinions Matter podcast thank you very much
And that's just about it from this latest Opinions Matter podcast. My thanks uh, to Jody for speaking to us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please hit subscribe or follow and you'll be notified every time we upload a new podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, click on the little bell icon and you'll get a notification every time we upload a new podcast. Please share this podcast onto your own social media so that others can uh, hear that Opinions Matter isn't always screaming matches. Uh, we deal with all sorts of uh, different issues and as I said I uh, admire Jody for uh, talking to us thank you very much indeed for listening and we'll catch you on the next one Opinions Matter subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app